Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you and we want to wish you a happy new year. This is my first time to have a chance to speak with you on the new year of 2023 and certainly this is an opportunity for us at the beginning of the year to reflect upon past blessings but also set goals for the next year and we just want to thank God for all of his blessings in our life but I hope that some of those resolutions in your life cannot be just losing weight or saving more money or something like that, but that you can make spiritual goals and spiritual benchmarks that you hope to achieve. And we hope one of those is regularly attending public worship if you don't do that. And if you are so inclined, we would love for you to come and see us at Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. We're at 11 Staten Road in Ackerman, Mississippi. And also we would invite you to come and see Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, which is our partner in this ministry effort. We'd love to have you come out and worship with us on Sunday mornings. And we also have a meeting in Starkville, Mississippi on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. at the New Covenant Church on West Garrett Road. So come out and worship with us and go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can also go to Macedonia's website, macedonia-pbc.org, and have a lot of sermons and content and articles that hopefully can be beneficial for you. This morning, we'd like to continue our series on Jesus Christ in the law, and this morning focusing on leprosy, the cleansing of the leper, and the ceremonial aspects of both identification and then the purification of the leper point us toward Jesus Christ cleansing us from the leprosy of our sin, and we hope to consider that this morning, and we pray that it will be a blessing for you. So stay tuned. Again, we'll bring that message for you right after this hymn. we 
Thank you for staying tuned to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast today. During my time on the program, we've been trying to focus on Jesus Christ in the law. And our theme, our New Testament verse, that is the theme of this series of messages, is John chapter 5 and in verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And Jesus is speaking primarily of the Mosaic law, that these Pharisees believed that they had the confirmation of eternal salvation based on their works. And he said, no, the purpose of the law is for you to realize how wretched you are to where you can fall down at the feet of the cross, that your only hope of salvation has to be in the free and sovereign grace of Almighty God. So we want to continue that theme, searching the scriptures, searching the Old Testament law, and looking for Jesus Christ, looking for Jesus Christ all throughout the Bible, as we should do every time we study the Bible, but looking for Jesus Christ in the Mosaic law. So with that in mind, we'd like to turn to Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 that focuses on leprosy. Leprosy in Leviticus chapter 13 deals with identification and then the requirement of separation of the leper. And then Leviticus chapter 14 deals with the cleansing of the leper, what's required when someone appears to have been cleansed and healed of this leprosy. So first of all, I'd like to give you the big picture of this so you can be thinking about it as we go through here. There was a process if someone had a spot or a rash that was a certain color. Again, this is detailed in very in-depth terms in Leviticus 13 and 14. But if someone believed that they had leprosy, they needed to go to the priest and the priest made a determination if they were clean or unclean or not. Then they were required to leave the assembly of the saints if it was deemed that they were unclean. It was deemed that they were a contagious, leprous danger to the rest of the congregation. They were removed from the camp. They were required to cover their mouth. They were required to walk around crying, unclean, unclean. Then there came a time where the leper would be cleansed and there was two birds and one bird would be slain and the blood of the slain bird would be put on the other bird and the bird would be let go. And then there was a period of separation for seven days and then a lamb would be offered for a trespass offering, and then that blood of the lamb was applied to the leper for their cleansing. So just that brief little summary, I hope that you can see the spiritual picture that's being presented with leprosy and with the cleansing of the leper. We have someone determined as unclean, and that's us in our sins. Then we have the blood of the slain bird that's applied to the other bird and the, and the bird is set free. Then the blood of the slain bird is applied to the leper, sprinkled seven times. 
So anytime we have blood involved and sprinkling of blood, then that should be pointing you toward the sacrifice and the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on our behalf, right? Then we have the lamb, a lamb that sacrificed. And then the blood of the lamb was then applied to the ear, to the hand, and to the foot. A full body sanctification of the application of the blood of the lamb. We know Jesus Christ is the lamb of God that was offered for the sin of the world and his blood was applied to us. And therefore, we are no more unclean, but now we have been cleansed in Jesus Christ, right? So we have this beautiful picture of us in our sinful state, the application of blood, both of the bird and of the lamb, upon the person, the sprinkling, and the full body sanctification that indicates the manner in which we're supposed to live after we have been cleansed. So I hope that you can see just the overall picture of how we're cleansed from our spiritual leprosy by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his sanctifying work. So with that overall picture in mind, I'd like to go through some more specifics of this leprosy. And the first aspect of this is that a person, when they see a spot, when they see something that appears to possibly be leprous, the first thing they do is they go to the priest, and the priest is the person that determines if they are unclean or not, okay? So we know that Jesus Christ is our great high priest, right? Jesus is the priest that determines who is clean and unclean. So first of all, they present themselves to the priest and there is a very specific process of, of the type of spot, the type of coloring, the type of spreading and all of this that it is determined by the high priest. And that's the point we want to make first of all. It's the high priest determination that determines one is unclean. It's not a regular member of the tribe of Issachar, right? It is the high priest that determines one is unclean. And Jesus Christ is the sole judge of sinners. Jesus Christ is the sole person that determines us and unclean. And we need to understand in our nature, we're all lepers. In our nature, we are all unclean. Isaiah 64 and in verse six, but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So first of all, we understand in our sin, we're unclean. Isaiah chapter six, we have this picture of this manifestation of the glory of God and his train filled the temple. And Isaiah was there when his train filled the temple and he was in the presence of the glory of God and he correctly proclaimed in the midst of the holiness of God that he says, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And not only was a leper determined to be unclean, but they were required to publicly pronounce by their lips that they were unclean. When someone came to them, they had a, were supposed to have a covering over their mouth, and they were required to announce unclean, unclean to keep people away from them. So you have a verbal manifestation of the uncleanness of their state. And that's what we have in our natures, isn't it? Our speech, our words eventually manifest the uncleanness of our soul. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. In Romans chapter 3, it describes the full total depravity of man, and it focuses a lot on the speech of the wicked and the speech of the unregenerate. Their throat is an open sepulcher. The poison of asp is under their lips. 
our mouths profess that we're unclean. And Isaiah understood that. Woe is me, because I'm a man of unclean lips. And not just in our unregenerate state, even those of us that are born again, we struggle with our speech. And certainly in the sight of the holiness of God, none of us can say, well, my lips are clean. I've always said the things I'm supposed to say. I've never said anything appropriate. No, our lips are unclean, but uh, the lips are just indicative of the total corruption of us in our leprous state apart from the sanctifying grace and the sanctifying blood being applied to us to cleanse us from our spiritual leprosy. So the priest is the one that determines that they are unclean. And now when it's determined that they are unclean, that they are separated and required to go live in a place that is apart from the rest of healthy God's people. They were required to cover their mouth. They essentially had a mask that prevented the spread of this contagious disease. And it's really amazing to think about how contagious leprosy was that we see described in these chapters that it wouldn't just spread to people. It talks about it spreading in garments. I mean, you put a garment by itself for seven days, and if it's spread, if it's visibly spread in the garment, then you burn those garments. They had a purification of the house that came after the determination of leprosy. And it describes this leprosy, not just would it spread on the skin of a person, but it would spread on the walls of a house. I mean, that's some scary stuff, isn't it? Something that is spreading on fabric and something that is spreading on walls. I mean, this is some scary stuff and it's very contagious. This is not just a little rash. This is contagious. So therefore, the Lord knew about contagious diseases and the people that were deemed to be sick, he said, cover your mouth, essentially wear a mask. And we've learned a lot about wearing masks these last few years since COVID. And the Lord knew about the spreading of diseases. But I think something that's important about this, by the way, is that the Lord certainly approves of taking basic precautions to spread contagious diseases that the person who is sick wears the mask. Now, unfortunately, the situation we've been in in America during the COVID crisis is that not just the people that were sick were required to wear masks, but also the healthy people were required to wear masks as well. But the Lord has always supported, if you're sick, stay away from people. If you're sick, wear a mask, especially if it could be spread by close contact. And he shows that principle here. Cover your mouth to prevent the contagious spread of this, and you need to be separated. You need to be isolated. You need to be in quarantine. So cover your mouth, be in quarantine if you're sick. Now, again, the problem we've had in America is we were told to wear masks in quarantine for people that were healthy. But that's certainly another topic for another day. So the leper was separated and pretty much the leper ended up living with a whole bunch of other lepers because they were separated from the camp of God's people required to cover their mouth. And if anyone got close to them, that they were not allowed to just go and hug their family anymore. And I just want you to think about how depressing this must have been for someone to have had this disease come up and they weren't allowed to go tell their family bye. They weren't allowed to go get clothes out of their house because those clothes were probably contaminated. They were separated immediately from everything that they used to know. And that sure sounds like sin, doesn't it? That sounds like 
when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they were immediately separated, right? And it contaminates every area of their life. It contaminates their clothing. It contaminates their house. And that's what sin does. Sin spreads. Sin is contagious. And it contaminates and corrupts every area of our life. So therefore, we need to be cleansed from that. So now there comes a time where the leper believes that he's been cleansed. So what does he do? Well, the priest was the one that determined that he was a contagious leper to start with. So therefore, the person who declares that he is cleansed is also the priest. We see this with the healing of quite a few lepers in the New Testament, right? Jesus tells them immediately, don't go tell anybody about it. Go immediately to see the priest, right? Because the priest is the one that determines if they are truly cleansed or not. So, in a spiritual sense, if Jesus Christ determines that we're cleansed as our great high priest, you go and you present yourself to the priest. The priest would go outside of the camp, okay? This wasn't done at the brazen altar. They went outside the camp to perform all of these sacrifices and activities. And Jesus Christ was crucified outside the camp, right? He was crucified outside the city of Jerusalem on Golgotha's hill on Calvary. So they went outside of the camp. This is in Leviticus 14. And then what would happen is that two birds are taken. And we're not told what kind of a bird this is. It just says a living bird. Even though we're not told what kind of bird this is, I think we can make a pretty reasonable assumption that this is probably a turtle dove. That's the most common form of a bird being offered in the Old Testament is a turtle dove. And if that's the case, then a dove certainly points us toward the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Ghost lighting on Jesus as a dove after he was baptized. So we have two birds, possibly a dove, but we're not told specifically. But one bird is killed, okay? One bird is slain. And then the living bird is dipped in the blood of the slain bird, and then that living bird is let loose and allowed to fly away. And isn't that beautiful how we are dipped and cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ? And therefore, because we have had the sanctifying blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit as the dove applied to us, therefore we're set free, right? We're set free to, to fly away in liberty and in service to God. And then, they take the blood of the slain bird, and then they also sprinkle it seven times on the cleansed leper. So we have the bird that the blood is applied to it, and then it is set free to fly in liberty. And then we have the application of the blood of the slain bird that is sprinkled seven times, seven always being the number of perfection and completion in the Word of God, right? So you have the sprinkling of the blood seven times upon the cleansed leper. Then there would be a time of separation. The cleansed leper would be separated from everyone for seven days to really just make sure that this cleansing was legitimate. I mean, it could look better for a day or two, but after seven days, if it looked worse, then you're probably not cleansed, right? Or if it came back. So you separate for seven days from everybody, and then you look at the spot again. And if it's better, if it's healed, then you go and you offer the leper brings a, a lamb for a trespass offering. And anytime we have a lamb being slain in the law and in the Old Testament, our spiritual eyes should be perked up, right? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So we have a lamb that's being offered for a trespass offering. They slay the lamb, and then they put the blood of the lamb 
on the tip of the right ear, the tip of the right thumb, and the tip of the right big toe. So head, hands, and feet. And then oil is applied to those same locations, the right ear, the right thumb, and the right big toe. Oil is a picture of the sanctifying work of the Holy Ghost. We have the application of, of the blood upon all of the center, right? It's over his whole body, but it also influences his mind, which is portrayed by the ear. It influences his actions and the works of our hands. The blood is applied to the hand and it influences our walk too, right? That's why it's put on the big toe. So every area of life, it should change. The blood of Christ, the sanctifying blood of Christ should change our actions. It should change the way that we conduct ourselves because the oil and the blood has been applied to us in the new birth. This makes us think of Titus chapter three and verse five, right? The washing of of regeneration, the washing of water by the word, and the application of the blood. We have the application of the oil and the application of the blood that's applied to the whole body, a fully sanctified application, and it should change our minds, change our actions, and change our walk of life. And then the former home of the leper was to be cleansed. So understand, the leper had left his home. It pretty much had been covered in what we would believe to be caution tape or police tape. Don't go in there. It's contaminated, right? It's a quarantine area. Don't go in that house anymore. But then when the leper's cleansed, they go back into that house and they evaluate it and make sure nothing's spreading or nothing's bad in there. But I want you to notice how after the individual leper is cleansed and sanctified, then his house is sanctified. So what they do is they go into this house. They go into the house of the cleansed leper, and then they take the blood of the slain bird, and they sprinkle that blood in the house seven times. And isn't that such a beautiful picture of how the blood of Jesus should sanctify our homes? Listen, when you're in your unclean, unregenerate state, without God, with no hope in the world, but then when the washing of regeneration comes, when the blood and the sprinkling of Christ is applied in your soul in the new birth, there's a change that happens in every area of life. There's a change in our minds, right? There's a change in our hands. There's a change in our feet. There's a change in our walk. But there has to be a change in our homes, you see? There has to be th something that is sanctifying and different about our homes. And I love how after this leper is cleansed, yes, his body is cleansed. In a spiritual sense, our soul is cleansed. But also, there is a sprinkling of the blood upon the house of the leper. Upon the house. Because your home should not be conducted like it used to be after you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and regenerated. There is something about the way that you love your wife. There's something about the way that you raise your kids, about the things that you watch in your home, the things that you talk about in your home. There should be a change in your home when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your soul and cleanses you from your spiritual leprosy, right? It should change all of our life that our homes would be cleansed and sanctified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd like to highlight very quickly as we're closing the cleansing of the lepers in the New Testament, that that was one of the identifying public marks of Jesus the Messiah, right? He heals the blind, he makes the lame to walk, and the lepers are cleansed. 
And it's amazing how those that were outcast, those that society had nothing to do with, I can just imagine the terror of the disciples when that leper comes up to Jesus in Mark chapter one, and then Jesus doesn't just verbally heal him, he touches this leper to heal him. I can just imagine the terror of the disciples that Jesus is touching a leper. No, Jesus, no, don't touch him. And then he heals him perfectly. And then he says, go show yourself to the priest so he can validate the healing that I have already applied to you. I love how Jesus broke all those stereotypes, right? He was the friend of publicans and sinners. He touched lepers. He cleansed lepers. And certainly that's good news for us that are spiritual lepers in our nature and unclean in our nature. And then we have the healing of the 10 lepers, right? That they come to him and they're kind of breaking protocol. They're not crying unclean. They're crying, Lord, please heal us. And I believe this is a picture of many children of God that have been cleansed. They have something inside of them that wants to follow Jesus and they're cleansed of their leprosy. But remember, there was only one of them that came back to give glory to God. The rest of them went, went their way to the priest and did what they were supposed to and went their merry way. But one of them came back to praise and glorify the son of God that healed him. And you remember that that was a Samaritan. So we have these beautiful accounts of the healings of leprosy in the New Testament. But the bigger lesson, I believe, is that we are unclean in our nature. We're sinful in our nature. And it's by the application of the blood of the slain bird that allows us to fly away free in liberty. It's the application of the slain bird upon us as the cleansed leper and the application of the blood of the lamb and the application of the oil upon us that sanctifies us in the new birth and also the application of the blood of the slain bird upon the home of the cleansed leper that changes the way he conducts himself with his family in his home as well that is evidence that I'm not who I used to be anymore. I'm not unclean anymore. I am sanctified by the blood of the lamb. And that's how we ought to conduct ourselves as regenerated, sanctified, sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, children of God. Let us not live out in the leper colony, right? How many children of God live out in the world? They live out in the leper colony. Get out of the leper colony, cleansed child of God. <laughs> Get out of the leper colony and come back into the assembly of the saints and sanctify your home and sanctify your life, your mind, your hands, your feet, and be like that Samaritan. Go back and glorify the one that's cleansed you from your leprosy. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If that's the case, we give God the glory for it. Please tune in with us again next week, but until we have a chance to spend time with you in God's word again, we pray the Lord will richly bless you according to his will. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you. 
to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.